This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Good afternoon to you. I am Jason Kong, and I have the pleasure, as always, to be here with Mary Lucas, representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you today? I'm doing well. The better question is, how are you? Because you got your vaccine. I, I got my first vaccine. I'm feeling great. Um, Good. I'm excited. Everything went uh, super smooth. Shout out to Wake Med for uh, how they're running things over there. Uh, it's I, I don't have. I, I couldn't say anything better than uh, it's just been absolutely amazing, and I'm already scheduled for the second one. So, hey, it's uh, it's it feels great. Yes. It feels great. The light at the end of the tunnel isn't the train. Yes, yes. Just got to get everyone else <laughs> in the household vaccinated, and then we're then we're good to go. We're ready to uh, hopefully get back to some semblance of normalcy. Well, Mary, I'm excited for the program today because uh, we're going to be talking about something that um, it's interesting because I, I think it affects. Pretty much everyone, but it's not a conversation that most people mm-hmm. are uh, maybe ginning up to have. Maybe once everyone's vaccinated, I don't know that this will be the main topic that they get to. But <laughs> right. after they listen today, they'll they'll know all that they need to know. And we're going to be talking about funeral services. And to do that, we've got two wonderful guests on the line. We have Diane Miller. She is the manager of Pine Forest Memorial Gardens in Wake Forest, and she's also a certified celebrant. And we also have. Andy Wheeler with us. He's a funeral director and owner of Clancy Strickland Wheeler Funeral Home and Cremation Services. Diane and Andy, thank you both so much for joining us today. We're both glad to be here. This is such an interesting topic to me and something I've been doing a lot of research on. And um, there's actually the the documentary that's out there that you guys are stars in. Um, and I've just been really interested and I'm very excited to talk with you more about green burial and funeral pre planning. Um, so Diane, I want to kind of start with you. More people are becoming interested in green burial. Can you provide us a brief overview of what it is to get us started? Sure. At Pine Forest Memorial Gardens, we have what's become a traditional cemetery, but we also started the Garden of Renewal, which is our green burial cemetery um, located inside uh, the traditional Pine Forest. And it's in our woods. Um, green burial is an unembalmed body in a biodegradable container without the use of a vault. And at Pine Forest, it's burial in our woods. Mm -hmm. Um, We find for uh, green burial here, we are also green burial council certified, Mm -hmm. which to me is important to know because we are held to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. And um, people can go to greenburialcouncil.org and find out exactly what those standards are. But when people choose green burial, it's usually a very personal belief in, in why they're doing that. And so I want people to have the confidence in knowing that what they believe in is going to be maintained. So for some people, they find that um, green burial is a way uh, almost of, um, well, it's, it's protecting a wildlife habitat, mm-hmm. kind of a win-win. Mm-hmm. You're not harming the environment through cremation. And for people, uh, for many people who have a terminal illness, for them, they've um, expressed to me that it's almost a way of of cheating death. They have lost control of their body and what's happening to it. Mm -hmm. And this gives them some control to take back death by being buried in a forest 
well, they'll live on through the forest. That's really interesting. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge gardener and I love being outside and I hike every weekend and having minimal impact on the environment is a huge thing for me and conserving our natural resources and making sure we're doing right for our environment. So this is a very interesting topic for me. What are some of the requirements to be a green burial? To be a green burial certified cemetery Mm -hmm. um, by Green Council. Um, And interestingly, um, Pine Forest Memorial Gardens is the only Green Burial Council certified natural burial ground in our state. And what that means is we allow burial in shrouds, so people do not have to be in a casket if they choose not to be. Um, We um, have a 10% perpetual care fund so that the area will always be maintained. We've dedicated this section in our woods in perpetuity for green burial only. So it doesn't matter if the cemetery changes hands. People who have believed in green burial, pine forest, and want to know they're saving that wildlife habitat, um, know that's going to go and continue on into perpetuity. So that's what sets us apart mm-hmm. um, by being a certified green burial cemetery. Mm-hmm. What are some of the main differences when someone's planning a green burial versus a regular full-body burial? What are some of the differences that they can expect to see um, in the green burial process? The green burial process is much more hands-on if a family chooses to take part in as much as they want to. Um, We have a caisson at Pine Forest, and that's what we use to carry the body into the woods. That caisson is people-powered, and very often it can be grandchildren, children, spouses, friends, um, who hold on to that caisson and escort it into the woods. We have the Path of Clark's Reflection, which takes you into the woods, which is our our Garden of Renewal burial site. And um, it gives people a a chance to be more hands-on rather than your usual four to six pallbearers, which are usually men. This way, it's women, children, men, everybody that wants to take part. We also have an area where we're able to stop. We call it the beach before we go into the woods. Mm-hmm. where oftentimes people chosen who have chosen a wooden casket, friends and relatives, will leave thumbprints, handprints, write little messages on the casket, sometimes have a little service in the beach area before we go into the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with our green burials, it can be the whole process, once we get into the woods, can be more hands-on, too, if people choose. Um, we encourage people to throw, uh, to toss greenery and flowers into the grave site. Uh, people are allowed to do a shovel of earth if they'd like to do that. Um, but we've also done very intimate things that have been important to the person and their family. Um, we've had uh, an elderly man who'd loved German shepherds all his life but hadn't had one for the last 10 or so years. And German Shepherd Rescue brought out two shepherds, and his as his casket was lowered into the ground, the shepherds laid down on the ground. It was very moving. Aww. We've had people, um, we've, we have drunk red wine and eaten chocolate around a grave site. We've done shots of Jack Daniels. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> we've, um, we had one, in fact, the very first bur- burial, um, the young lady had a vegetable garden, 
one of her friends went to the house and picked all of the vegetables and brought that to the woods to place those in with her. Um, just just things that you wouldn't ever consider doing in a what's become our traditional form mm-hmm. of burial with tactics involved. It's uh, just so much more personal. Those those are very personal, and I really love some of those ideas that you shared. The wine and chocolates really um, strikes home to me. Um, when you when you're talking about the garden, is um, are there still markers? And once the person is buried, are there still markers like a um, a typical cemetery that you see, or is the green burial marker different? We like to keep our green burial being all natural. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as our markings uh, too, we use rocks. Um, I had originally wanted to use rocks found on the property. However, they're sandstone, and so they disintegrate if you sandblast them. So that wasn't working, so I did have to get a pallet of rocks. Um, But we can sandblast those for people with their name, date, a simple emblem, three simple words. Or sometimes families will want to paint the rocks, and, and they can do that. Some people want nothing on their grave sites, and, of course, the, the area is all mapped out, so we always know where everybody is and can always help people who want to visit, find their loved ones. And some people just want a plain rock with nothing on it. We're having a fascinating discussion with Diane Miller. She's manager of Pine Forest Memorial Gardens in Wake Forest. And we also have Andy Wheeler on the line. We're going to talk to him a bit more next segment. Andy is the funeral home director and owner of Clancy Strickland Wheeler Funeral Home and Cremation Services. And we will continue our conversation with both of them right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Hey, don't forget you can find more about Transitions Life Care anytime at transitionslifecare.com. TransitionsLifeCare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and our special guests on the line. We have two of them. We have Diane Miller, the manager of Pine Forest Memorial Gardens in Wake Forest. And we also have Andy Wheeler with us as well. He is the funeral director and owner of Clancy Strickland Wheeler Funeral Home and Cremation Services. And uh, Mary, we're, we're having a fascinating conversation about green mm-hmm. burial. Yeah, I, w- I want to continue a little bit more about that with Diane. Um, a, a big question that I have, uh, I know that, you know, we're in this medical field world. Everyone has some sort of device or plate or screw or brand new knee and a joint. And um, can you have these things, pacemakers, plates, screws, and still have a green burial? Well, I struggled with that a little bit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've come to peace with... When you have something implanted in your body and it's kept you alive or, or made your life functioning, um, that's a part of you. Mm-hmm. And so at, at Pine Forest, we welcome um, whatever somebody happens to have in their body because that, that's them. Mm-hmm. And, and we do the burial. That's good. Uh, so it's not, it does not preclude anyone from having a green burial. That's good news. So can you provide us a ballpark cost of cremation versus full body burial versus green burial? Um, 
I can a little bit. Um, <laughs> the cost of cremation, the cost of full body burial, uh, green burial is going to be right about in the middle. But this is why it's so important for people to pre-plan and to know what they want to do and have to arrangements in place um, because we can always do financing to help people to do to carry out their wishes because there's so many variables, so many choices that people want to make um, or are able to make, and, and you want to be able to have informed decisions, not making them on an emotional time. Mm-hmm. So... Um, as far as cost goes, it depends. The location has a bearing on it. Um, what your burial container is has a bearing on it. Um, and, and Andy from Clancy Strickland Wheeler will be able to talk to you a little bit more about some of the options that are available um, with one choice versus the other. But um, And Andy, <clears throat> Andy is great. People love Andy. In fact, somebody mm-hmm. said on a scale of 1 to 10 the other day, Andy is 100. So he'll be <laughs> fill you in on some of that. Awesome. Well, that's a great segue. Andy, um, what really is involved in pre-planning? Diane just touched on it briefly. Why is it important to pre-plan and where do you even start? Well, uh, as far as starting, I, I often tell families if or people, if they're not comfortable talking to their, their family members, oftentimes talking to someone like Diane or myself, just to start the conversation because a lot of people aren't sure, you know, whether they want to do cremation or burial. Um, and then with green burial now and it kind of growing and, you know, people having more interest in it, um, that also, you know, it's helpful for those people to have those those conversations with, you know, someone with us mostly because once you do pre-plan, you kind of put – you take that burden off of your family and during that emotional time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's helpful to, to make the decisions before, you know, someone else is having to make them for you. And to also, uh, you know, I often tell people the most important part is the planning part um, on the funeral home side, because it at least puts your wishes down and people haven't, you know, a clear idea of what your, your intentions are to, you know, at that time. Do you find that people do the pre-planning process and think about these things with family involved, or is it something that people like to do by themselves and then talk about it with their families after they're kind of working on it? What's kind of your experience in, in doing all of these? Most of the time, people, I believe, like contacting you know us first just mm-hmm. to kind of get an idea, and sometimes then they'll bring in their family and say, these are, these are you know, my ideas and what I'm, I'm thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes if, if people are older and, and have children or someone, you know, that they, they lean to for advice, a lot of times I'll, I'll encourage them to involve them so they know what's going on. Um, and then that way they, they have someone that on their family side or their, their personal side that's also aware of, the, aware of their wishes. Mm-hmm. What are some of the benefits that you see? You touched on one, you know, not waiting till it's an emergency. And I think that's something we've been faced with very sadly throughout COVID. Um, But what are some of the other benefits that you see in pre-planning versus waiting um, to plan your funeral? Well, a lot of times um, you can control cost. Um, Mm. A lot of times paying ahead of time, you're able to go ahead and get some some cost uh, in place that, that won't change. Um, and, and that's helpful in a sense that some people are on budgets. Um, some people have a limited, uh, you know, 
financial portfolio as far as you know what they can and can't afford so it, it makes it easier now some people um, don't have the finances you know when they pass away to to to, to do the wishes that they they want um, and that way it helps them get to, to complete their wishes without the burden on their family of not being able to. Um, it also allows us to get information from that individual that sometimes the family don't know um, or, or, or struggle getting that information when it's an emotional uh, time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let Diane speak for just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, also on the cemetery side, um, oftentimes, especially if you're choosing a green burial, to go ahead and have those plans in place is so important because the family many times doesn't know that a green uh, green burial may be important to somebody. Mm. And if you've never had a conversation, knowing that at least having the, the arrangements made ahead of time, people are going to follow through with your wishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we just had that situation where a family... Uh, had a conversation about their final wishes and um, the uh, husband was not aware of his wife's wishes and it was nice that she was able to express those with them having that conversation um, and and being a lot of times green burial uh, myself I have a personal connection I have a 20 year old brother um, that that um, is in a green burial cemetery and and I know that's what my my parents wishes are when the time comes for them mm-hmm that's a great point you make. And, you know, we, we get to all these emergency situations and then family dynamics come in. And um, and a lot of people are facing, you know, could be facing something like a chronic illness or are dealing with that. And then you're thinking about finances in regards to health care versus this. And um, you mentioned talking, you started talking a little bit more about prepaying and um, for these services. You can prepay for uh, your funeral now. What are some of the payment options? And um, is that all up front? Is it over time? Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, a lot of times when families do decide they want to move forward with the payment option, uh, we we can do what we call a single pay, which is you pay all the, the monies up front um, one time. Or you can do a multi-pay where you pay over a number of months, depending on what you know the, works for the family's budget and what they uh wish to do um and then as far as that money's held in in an insurance company some families use uh i mean some funeral homes use trust accounts bank trusts we use insurance and that money's held and protected um until the time of death and at time for us the money's put into trust so that that's um that's it set for the family and um and, and also too with cemetery there's such a um a different with um, children, so mm-hmm. I have I've found uh, that most children really don't care to be involved mm-hmm. with the cemetery side. They just want their parents to take care of things and know that things are taken care of because children don't like to think of their parents dying. Mm-hmm. They don't. It, it's it's uh, you know a simple this is our plan usually suffices for children. And also at Pine Forest, we do financing so we can make it affordable for families. Now, that's great to know that there are lots of options that exist if you're uh, pursuing that pre-planning and understanding that uh, you know the earlier you get started, the more flexibility you have in that regard. We're speaking with Diane Miller. She's the manager of Pine Forest Memorial Gardens in Wake Forest, and we also have Andy Wheeler on the line. He's the funeral director and owner of Clancy Strickland Wheeler 
Funeral Home and Cremation Services, and we will continue our conversation with them right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, our guests on the line. We have Andy Wheeler. He's the funeral director and owner of Clancy Strickland Wheeler Funeral Home and Cremation Services, and as well as Diane Miller, manager of Pine Forest Memorial Gardens in Wake Forest. And we're having a conversation all about green burial. I want to jump back. I like having you both on the line at the same time because we can kind of hop around a little bit. Um, I want to, Diane, can you talk to us a little bit about why it's important to have a funeral home involved? Um, in North Carolina, we, we don't have to have, we have, we do have the right to still take care of our own dead. Mm-hmm. However, it's very difficult for a family when you don't know how someone's going to die. They could die in a car wreck. They might die in the hospital. They may die at home when one thing may be conducive to taking care of your own versus another. But when you're in the middle of a grieving process and you're, or you're in shock over someone's death, to have someone be able to step in and kind of put their arm around your shoulder and guide you through something, especially somebody like Andy that really cares about a family. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's enough words to explain how important that can be to help a family um, move forward and take care of what needs to be done. And Andy can tell you a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I think um, it's, it's very, very beneficial um, to, to be able to take that burden off the family and let them kind of take a deep breath, a step back, um, and, and kind of process what is going on. Um, and that we're able to, to do any of their wishes, um, to, to facilitate what, what they're thinking, um, what their emotions are. Um, a lot of times you'll have, you know, family coming in out of town, um, and they're trying to process that. They're trying to process their, you know, personal side of things. So it's just, it allows us to kind of take at least part of that puzzle and 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 make it, you know, uh, a little smoother for them. I think that's a really good point. You know, a lot of people are on the a caregiving journey, and they they have been caring for someone with a chronic illness or that's aging for years. And once they reach this point and they are speaking with you all, they are at the end of their journey. And it can be, you know, so much built up stress and emotion. And by the time they get here, I can hear that involving um, a funeral home in this process really helps take that burden off at that point. And they're able to relax and celebrate the life of their loved one. So I can absolutely understand um, where that's coming from. 
You know, and I think I watched a documentary recently, um, Diane, that you star in, um, A Will for the Woods. Uh, and could you talk to us a little bit about that? I know that Clark really did in, in the documentary have things planned out. And you could tell by the time that he did pass, um, it just made it for a celebration of life. And you could feel the energy and him, his personality and um, intention coming out in his service. And I just really enjoyed that documentary. Can you talk to us a little bit about the film? I sure can. Uh, Will for the Woods was made over, um, uh, over took about a year and a half to, to film. Uh, Clark was looking for a place to have a green burial, could not find one. Um, some uh, film uh, producers in New York were looking to make a film about green burial, and I was uh, decided that I was going to start uh, the garden um, in the woods, which is, I say garden, that's just because what we call them, but it's not, it's the woods, um, but the garden of renewal. And so we all kind of came together in the perfect storm and became friends. And um, I helped Clark through his journey. And um, he was an amazing man. And he, um, he did have a viewing at home, which you'll see in the documentary. You don't have to do that, um, but it's an option. And um, it, 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 you really got, you understood, and I think you see, saw that, Mary, that he was at peace because mm-hmm. his, his fulfillment um, was in through the green burial. And that, it, the path of Clark's reflection is what we name the path that you go into the garden of renew, uh, renewal on. And it reflected everything that Clark had wanted and mm-hmm. to know that he was giving back. He was not harming the earth through cremation. Mm-hmm. He was not um, going to be doing something, the casket and, and vault that he was objection uh, objected to. He was actually going to give back to the earth. And um, it, it was a very, very moving experience. Mm-hmm. I think in Clark in the in the film and in the documentary he is very musically um he, talented and really enjoys um you know dancing and music and he involved all of those pieces in his service and I want to ask you Andy and when planning services there are some expenses that maybe could come up that aren't covered are, are there things that aren't covered in the contract like can you set aside thing, money for things such as a band or flowers or um, a police escort if that's important to you or what kind of things are not involved in a funeral contract versus they are involved and you can plan for that with your uh, pre-planning so those things we refer to as cash advance items. Mm-hmm. Um, so money can be set aside for those items, mm-hmm. uh, but those items may change, uh, you know, long-term, you know, 10, 20 years. Uh, flowers may get more expensive. Uh, death certificates may go up. As far as uh, we are still fortunate in this area that police escorts um, are provided by our local police um, and law enforcement, so there's no charge for that. But those items can be placed on the contract. It's just they may fluctuate later on, you know, later down the road. However, if that money's not used down the road, then it's re- returned back to the family or to the estate, depending on the circumstances. That's a great point you bring up. So if you spend less than you've planned for and you've prepaid for the services, does the, the family does get that money back in the end? That's correct. We only can charge for services that, that are used. Mm-hmm. 
And if somebody wants to change their plans, can they cancel um, or change certain plans of their contract? And what does that process look like? So they can um, adjust their their service arrangements. Um, as far as canceling, depending on if you do it irrevocable versus revocable, um, that determines whether you can actually cancel the policy itself. It'll take a court order to do it irrevocable. Um, but most times we do irrevocables because if there's ever a situation where you have to do any kind of Medicaid spend down or reduce your assets, then it's protected. It can't be considered an asset. Gotcha. If someone moves, you know, a lot of people move closer to be near their children um, or to be able to find a caregiver that can help them. If someone moves, are they able to make changes then as well or transfer their plan? Yeah, so the money is held, um, like I said earlier, uh, in an insurance policy um, Mm -hmm. where it'll sit and grow interest. And then also if they decide to – or have to move due to children or caregivers and that sort of thing, that money is their money. It goes with them, and it would be applied to services where they're at. And then depending on that, that provider will determine if they get money back or, or, or owe money, depending on what those charges were they're living. Um, so. and, and Diane has an addition to that. Okay. Um, also, at um, Pine Forest, we're part of the – International Cemetery Cremation and Funeral Association, and we do um, uh, dollar-for-dollar transfers if people move um, more than 50 miles away. So that's an option, too. That's good news. And one last question for you all. When is too early to plan? Never. Never. (laughs) There's no no time that's too early um, because we see, unfortunately, death at all ages. Well, uh, Diane and Andy, thank you both so much for joining us today. Uh, Diane uh, Miller, the manager of Pine Forest Memorial Gardens in Wake Forest. Diane, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you if they have more questions? Well, we have phone number, which is 919-556-6776. Our uh, website is pineforestmemorial.com. And my email is dymiller, D-Y-M-I-L-L-E-R, 720 at gmail.com. And I'm welcome talking with anybody. I know a lot of people have questions. And um, and I love talking about green burial, as you can probably tell. <laughs> uh, we can absolutely tell that. And, uh, we, Andy, we want to thank you as well. You're the funeral director and owner of Clancy Strickland Wheeler Funeral Home and Cremation Services. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you as well? So our phone number is 919-556-7400, and our email is service, S-E-R-V-I-C-E, at CSWFuneralHome.com. Either way, uh, you'll get me, um, and I'll reply to any messages. And so uh, I welcome people to, to reach out and, and you know start that conversation. Excellent. And uh, if folks missed that information, you can go to WPTF.com. Just click on the podcast button, find the Aging Matters section, and uh, you can re-listen to this entire interview and find all the information you want about Diane and Andy Wheeler. Thank you so much, uh, Diane Miller and Andy Wheeler, for joining us today. We appreciate your time. We are taking a quick break, but we will be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic.
This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson and... Uh, we had a wonderful discussion earlier in the show with Eileen Buck about uh, video conferencing and the use of technology and uh, wanted to make sure that, you know, we, we really stress the importance of communication and how critical that is right now. Absolutely. You know, we are seeing this huge shift in telehealth and telemedicine, and there's so much confusion around it. And Eileen did a great job explaining some of these platforms that people mm-hmm. are using, Zoom and WebEx and, you know, all these different things all that we, we, we just haven't had that much experience with, and especially when you're doing things like telehealth and telemedicine. And I think communicating with your healthcare professional is so weird over yes, a video. It's so strange. I know, you know, in talking about that, we recently went through, my grandmother had a hospitalization, And it was such a different experience because no one was obviously able to go and be there at the hospital and Mm -hmm. communicate with the case managers or her physician. So, you know, we were reliant on catching them by phone and trying to get the questions answered we needed. So Mm -hmm. I, I know it can be very challenging at times. Absolutely. And when someone's in the room or like joins a joins the call from another place, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't able to be with their loved ones, but want to be a part of the conversation. If there's a hard diagnosis or um, or the loved one is having a hard time understanding what their diagnosis means and they invite in another family member, um, there can be extra people in the room. And and how um, do you communicate with your healthcare professional when there's multiple people part of this Zoom call? So we wanted to touch on that a little bit today. Yeah, we wanted to try to share some tips on how to communicate with healthcare professionals in the most efficient and effective way for you and your loved ones. So one of the first thing is to kind of establish, make sure that professional, be it the doctor, a case manager at the hospital, or a social worker, whomever, understands what your role is. So if your loved one's not able or maybe willing to take instruction, make sure that the doctor, whoever you're talking to, tells you all the vital information you need to know. Mm -hmm. I know that was crucial for my grandmother. She was 92. very confused, you know, tired, and she wasn't really able to accurately communicate with us what was going on with her. So we were very reliant on talking directly to her physician. And he did a great job at contacting us and giving us updates throughout the day. Absolutely. I think in being open about it, you know, I'm the healthcare power of attorney mm-hmm. in this pla- in in this relationship or yes. I'm the wife or I'm the husband and I want to know everything that's going on and what and what our plan of care is and getting all of those details and having those open conversations for all roles in the room. Definitely. Um, I think also that's kind of leads us into education about your loved one's condition mm-hmm. or what's going on. You know, the internet the internet is a great tool, but you can get in a Google frenzy yeah. and get, get real worked up. Dump in on that WebMD, I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, I think that sticking to asking specific questions to your doctor, if you want to understand something or you know, taking notes. I, my dad yes. is very good about bringing a notepad to all of our appointments and, and really taking notes so that, you know, when that appointment is happening, sometimes it can be a, a, a lot. It can be overwhelming. There's a lot of anxiety. So being able to leave with a notepad and reviewing that, it, it really does help to go back and look yes. at it. I'm mm-hmm. a huge note taker. I can't retain anything unless I write it down. So that's definitely something I utilize for myself. 
Um, another thing that's really good is to keep some records of your loved one's habits. So take note um, of what they're sleeping, eating, medication habits, and then maybe any emotional episodes they've been having. Mm-hmm. As detailed as you can be with that information really helps paint a picture for your doctor to offer your loved one the best course of treatment for them. My grandpa is great at this. (laughs) His medication list is in an Excel spreadsheet. Wow. (laughs) It has doses and he pulls out that sheet every week and and it makes it easier because when he's having a bad day or he's a little bit confused, his nurse is able to look at his sheet and say, hey, let's make our week of medication and and space it out and put it in the little containers. And it's just nice to have. But beyond just him doing that, it's easy for us to take it into an appointment with us and say, this is, yeah, this is where this is what he's taking. It's all in this beautiful Excel spreadsheet. We can change it and mark through it if we need to change it. It just makes life so much easier. That's amazing. I'm going to share that one with my family. We've been trying to do some med rec for my grandmother and it's, you know, every time she gets discharged or sees the doctor, she's got a different list. So it's hard to keep up with. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that it's also important to take time to make decisions about your care. You know, if it's not an emergency situation or life threatening, take the time to talk to your family, talk to your loved ones. Your doctor certainly understands if you need to leave and just say, hey, we're going to come back to you on this um, and request a different time to talk to talk to the physician uh, about your condition and, mm-hmm. and take the time you need. You know, yeah. it's you're not in a rush and it's important to make sure that it's a family family decision. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And kind of talking about making those family decisions, too. I think one helpful thing to do is to appoint one family member as the main contact. I know we, we kind of did this for my grandmother because it did get confusing. There's multiple siblings and, you know, it got a little confusing. Who do we call for what? So if you have one person who's that point of contact, then they can spread out that info to everyone else. It really makes it a lot easier for not only the providers, but for you too to make sure you're getting accurate and updated info. Too many cooks in the kitchen is a mess. It is. (laughs) I've definitely been in that place Mm -hmm. before. Um, I think it's also important to to get a second opinion if you need one. You know, you don't have to stick with uh, the physician you're seeing. It's always out there that you can change physicians, um, seek out a different practice altogether. Um, You know, professionally, emotionally, it's important that you feel good about where you're at with your physician. So if you don't, it's okay to change. It is. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, may have been seeing a physician for a long time or, you know, may feel loyal to one over the other. But, you know, it's kind of like dating, I say sometimes, (laughs) if you kind of get a feeling this really isn't working. You know, we are lucky to live in an area where we're blessed with so many expert providers that it's okay to seek out that second opinion if if it um, is something you're interested in. Yes, exactly. You know, something I want to talk on before we end the show uh, is you're getting your COVID vaccine this week. (laughs) Sam has had COVID. I have. Mm -hmm. um, And is so fortunate with your role at Transitions that you're able to get the vaccine this week. And um, I just want to wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, as you mentioned, I did have COVID. I was thankful it was a very mild case. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, you know, makes me all the more excited to get the vaccine and just kind of take a 
feel like I'm stepping toward normalcy some a little bit. So yes, it's definitely the, for that. the light at the end of the it tunnel. <laughs> I, I myself has, have gotten the vaccine in a clinical trial and um, I just feel so much less anxiety yes. and I can, you know, go to the grocery store and while I'm still wearing my mask yes, and of course. Fo- following all the appropriate protocols, I think it's important um, to do all those things still, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, it's coming. Yeah. So next week we have a really awesome show and we're going to talk to Sam after she gets her vaccine a little bit about her experience but we also have the north carolina department of health and human services secretary dr cohen on the call um, along with um, some leadership from wake med to talk about our hospital systems and how they're feeling Mm -hmm. um, and some of our own leadership dr patel who's our chief medical officer at transitions life care will be here as well so i'm really excited sam to talk to you next week on the other side of your first update yes and we look forward to talking to all of our other guests next week as well yeah please join us again next Next Saturday at 4, right here on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, News Talk Traffic. Don't forget, if you missed any part of this episode or previous episodes, you can go online to WPTF.com. Just click on the podcast button, and there you'll find the Aging Matters section. And you can view all the episodes that you may have missed. You can listen to them. It's a wonderful way to catch up and uh, relive some of the great information that was jam-packed into today's show and previous shows we are out of time for today on behalf of mary lucas and sam peterson i am jason kong thanking you for listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care it's your life your care on fm 98.5 am 680 wptf news talk traffic have a great weekend you've been listening to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you on fm 98.5 am 680 wptf for more information log on to transitionslifecare.org